0: Welcome to episode 25 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Thank you to the listener for your continued support and thank you to the people of the Illawarra who allow me to interview them in their spare time. I sincerely appreciate the positivity this podcast creates. This episode's interviewee has had an amazing journey as a player. Over the years, I had seen this man play and I always used to love watching him play as he was exciting because he had pace, dribbling skills and an insatiable appetite to take on defenders. An intoxicating combination which was great to see. Denis Djurjevic played at different levels but ultimately his career in my mind was about his love for South Coast United, the friendships he developed in the sport and his ability to score goals. To give further insight outside my observations, I'll read out a couple of memories of Dennis from a couple of his former teammates. The first insight comes from Hugo Degori, one of his teammates and friends. He quotes, Dennis is definitely the most direct and explosive striker I've played with. His speed off the mark was second to none, and he had the courage to take on and beat one, two, or three defenders each time he got the ball. He also knew how to use his body being able to roll defenders who got close to him. Dennis also had a powerful and accurate shot and wasn't afraid to shoot from any angle which contributed to him scoring so many goals. It always gave you confidence having Dennis in the team as it almost always guaranteed your team at least a couple of goals each game. Dennis was affectionately nicknamed PlayStation by the South Coast United supporters and this description was most accurate at an away game we played at Highlands. We were defending a corner and Dennis then picked up the ball from our own 18 yard box and dribbled almost the whole Highlands team running the full length of the field to score one of the best individual goals I have ever seen. The second observation is from a former player and coach, Michael Sandlab And he states, a memory that sums Dennis up came in a game we played on the last day of the season back in the South Coast United days. We needed to beat Fernhill to stay in the Illawarra Premier League. We were one nil up with two minutes to play and I played a ball to Dennis in the attacking corner of the pitch and yelled out, hold the ball, to waste some time. At the same time, I got a call from the sideline that we needed another goal due to results at other grounds happening at the same time I then yelled to Dennis, take him on and within 15 seconds the ball was in the back of the net 2-0 and we stayed away from relegation Dennis in his prime could beat any defender at any time with his speed and dribbling ability, good memories Thanks Oogs and thanks Michael for those comments Um, hopefully it gives people a, a further insight into the the man that I'll be speaking to in just a few moments. Without waiting any further, please enjoy this interview with Dennis. Well, welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the beautiful surrounds of Wununa, and I'm here with my special guest, Dennis Djurjevic. Dennis... Thank you, and, and and I greatly appreciate you uh, allowing me into your home.
1: Nate Tracker, thanks for coming, and thanks for having me here.
0: Now, I've uh, I think I didn't um, I've seen more of your career rather than play against you, and then um, in previous uh, podcast episodes, um, I missed the positional stuff, but. Um, most people know you as a striker, yep. but let's, let's go back to the junior days and, and you started off your career at, at Fernhill as a junior in, in the mid eighties. So were you always a striker even back then?
1: Yeah, I was always a striker. I was always a bit of a hog. Um, so I loved <laughs> to get the ball and run at players and, um, yeah, I was always, um, you know, even in the backyard, with my brother, you know, it was just, um, it was great because he was three and a half years older than me, and um, and it was you know sink or swim with him because he was um, you know faster and stronger, and um, and, and I think I learned to, um, um, how to score goals in the backyard with with him really. Yeah. So
0: do you think um, even before we talk a bit about Fern Hill and and what you remember there, do you think that's your first memories of of soccer or football is in yeah. the backyard with your brother?
1: Oh definitely, definitely. So I used to. Go and watch my brother at uh, Fernhill, and yep. I was just chomping at the bit to to you know start playing.
0: Because you're a, a Taraji boy, and and so the ground wasn't too far away.
1: Yeah, so I, I remember just um, you know walking to training with um, with my old man and, and my brother, and um, we train at the same time, so it was um, it was fantastic. Yeah,
0: and so that was uh, Fernhill. By that stage, had moved down to Ray Robinson Field. Or- or Tarogi Park, as it was probably known then. Um, I don't know if i have got the names right. Um, so, what do you remember of uh, sort of that first season of uh, playing organised junior sport?
1: Yeah, I think I remember the first game I ever played. Um, I was a bit hesitant to to go on the field, but as soon as I, I walked on that field, it was like um, it was the best thing ever. I, I just you know couldn't sleep the night before a game. I just couldn't wait to. To get out there and play and train, and and um, do you remember your your first coach or a couple of those teammates in those years? Yeah, I do. So I had the same coach um, all through my juniors. Um, his name was Dave Davini. So uh, his son Michael played played in the team, and um, yeah, we had a, a a good little team there. Um, we had the the Richo brothers, Terry and Troy, and they were. Yeah. They were really talented players um, back in the junior days, and um, yeah, so we had a, a, a decent team. And, and Dave, uh,
0: I had some interaction with him uh, when he coached at Bow Gownie, um in, in two different stints, and so he was a, a very uh, passionate and organised coach. Was yeah. he that way as a junior coach as well?
1: Yeah, he was. I think I used to do his head in a little bit because I wouldn't pass the ball to anyone, but <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was really good. He was really good with the young kids and um, oh, it was really enjoyable going to training and he put a good session on and, and we all had fun. And and is there any in those,
0: because you're there from the mid-80s to sort of 94, um, was there any um, sort of seasons or games or a period there that stuck out in your memory that you still think about in terms of uh, yeah,
1: playing? I just remember always... Um, Having a lot of fun, like we didn't make Champions of Champions or anything like that. I don't even know if we played in the first division because I know, Bialgowney were the real talented team back then, and they used to go to Champion, Champions of Champions. But um, I don't remember ever playing against them, so we probably weren't even in. You know, we we're probably <laughs> playing the second division or something. So, um, but I just remember um, absolutely loving the game. From from you know the first first game I started until you know until I basically retired yeah, and
0: and and in that sort of end of that '94 season you, you then went on to uh, the Wolves junior setup yeah and so uh, how did that come about and and can you recall at the time um,
1: what you thought about it yeah sure so I actually tried out for the um, Illawarra team prior to that so um, Terry and Troy were actually playing in the Illawarra setup, so um, and I remember watching the Illawarra team play at um at Fern Hills ground, and I thought, wow, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, trying to get into this get a piece of that. So um, yeah, I can't remember if it was under 11s or, or, or what it was, but um, I remember that about a hundred kids going try. I didn't even get a look into, be honest. <laughs> like uh, um, so I the first attempt, I I didn't get in, but um, a couple of years later, um. I, sort of, I think I was in Year 7 at the time and um, a lot of my mates at the time were playing, you know, Joel Quinn and Wade Peterson, all Holy Spirit guys and yep. guys that, you know, Tracker, Ricky Aguilera and Victor Constable yep. and, and guys like that, they were all sort of uh, at my school so um, I thought I'll have another crack at this and um, yeah, this time I was a bit luckier and I, I made the side. And um,
0: it's probably, a, we'll get a quick segue before you talk about that sort of first couple of seasons there with Wolves in their junior setup. Um, what about um, uh, high school soccer, um, yeah. Bill Turner, or it could have been called something else. Yeah. I'm a bit older than you, yeah. but um, what do you remember? Because you, you did have a, a fairly talented team at Holy Spirit. Do you, do you remember those?
1: Those days of school soccer as well. Yeah, I do. I got a lot of fond memories from school soccer. Like I think we had seven or eight rep players in that in that side, um, and we we actually made it up all the way to the finals in in that Bill Turner Cup. Yeah. Um, and we had, um, I think we always struggled in the goalkeeping department. I think we had a, a forty player as a, as a goalkeeper, <laughs> but across uh, across the field we had a really good side. And um, yeah, I just remember. You know half the school uh, showing up to to a, a game um just that Balambi, and and it was just the crowd was amazing and 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 really um you know later in life you sort of appreciate um you know a good crowd but That's that sort of was that first was yeah that was the first uh, taste of it i'd say and 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 during this time um uh,
0: on weekends when you're in your in your junior soccer were you were you going um, with your dad and your brother to watch other senior soccer at that time? Yeah. So where were you watching?
1: So we'd always go watch South Coast United at in yep. e. McLennan Park. And, um, you know, they had a lot of, um, you know, Croatian kids similar to my age and we yep. just, uh, we weren't really watching the games, you know, we were just playing um, at the back there or, or whatnot. But um, certainly every every home game we were there.
0: And so uh, do you look back at... Um, when you look back at your career, do you look back at some of those times that you know it's not just about the football, it's the interaction that you have at the game with say friends and it's not just the soccer
1: itself? Yeah, definitely like still got lifelong friends from from those days, and I love bumping into them and um, you know l- later in life, um, I'm sure we'll still be catching up and whatnot so those childhood friends friends I got I, I think they're friends for life yeah.
0: So you have your first year in 95 with the, the Wolves Junior setup. Yeah. up um, uh, who was the coach and, and, yeah. and, and what did you think it must have been a, like you said you, you tried a couple of times to get in the Illawarra team and, and then you got in the Wolves team so you must have been you know, fairly ecstatic about getting in and, and representing.
1: Yeah I was stoked and um, that first year Rob Hernandez was the coach and I sort of remember making that team and I'm just looking around at my teammates going, wow, what a side!" you know. And, um, you know, we just had some amazing players in that team. And, um, you know, like at the time, you know, players like Joel Quinn, I think he was the captain of the New South Wales countryside. Wade Peterson went on, you know, played the Wolves youth team and had a good career in the Illawarra Premier League. Um, you know, we had the Richo brothers playing. Paul Dimich, Matthew Bailey, Ryan Carr.
0: So the who's who was yeah, that Aguilera. sort of era. Yeah.
1: And then I remember just um even the strike force. Like I remember Victor Constable, he was he was playing right midfield, but he, he just um, was just so quick and he'd score a bag full of goals and um, you know Ben Cleary, Paul Tudor up front, you know, along with myself. It was just it was a really strong side and um You know, that year we went on to make the grand final. Uh, We lost the grand final, but um, could have went either way. But, um, yeah, it was a really, really strong side.
0: And how did you uh, like um, sort of testing yourself against every second week up in Sydney against the the State League and and NSL sort of set up that you'd play against in those sort of junior sides that you're playing?
1: Mate, I... um, you know, it was just amazing. Like, I, I grew up supporting the Wolves and Sydney United. Yep. Um, so, playing my first game at a Denzel Park, you know, I I was beside myself, you know. And um, I remember Jason Kalina was playing that game, Ante Dua. So, they had some decent plays in that side. And I remember um, winning that game 3-1 and I scored two goals myself. And um, it was an amazing feeling as a 15-year-old. Um, but, yeah, that... that that year was was one of my favourite years playing soccer. I, I reckon it was just um, it, it was very challenging playing against the you know the Marconis, Sydney United, Sydney Olympics, but um, you know we held our own and and we beat a lot of these you know big teams and it was just a, a great feeling at the time, especially for me being my first year in that setup.
0: Do you think it helped as well uh, for you that you'd played? with the Richardsons and, and you played with the other guys at Holy Spirit as well that, you know, that made a difference coming in there.
1: Yeah, it certainly did. It, from my first training session, I felt at home, I felt comfortable and it wasn't about sort of finding a fleet and getting to know the guys. And and um, like when we talk about lifelong friends, you know, I love catching up with or bumping into that guy, the guys in that team because um, yeah, we've all got some great memories from that year.
0: And what about um, Hernandez the coach? Um, what do you recall of uh, his sessions and and the way he played the game or what he taught you?
1: Yeah, so Rob, in his day, was a really good striker, I never watched him play, but i 've heard some some stories about him, and he was really good for the strikers and whatnot. and I just remember he always had had a lot of faith in me and um, you know we, I was up against some some really good players back back then up front and um, um, you know in Paul Turdo, was a big lad and strong lad and he scored a bag full of goals and Ben Cleary he was just lightning quick um, and, and once again he was, he was a big strong lad um, and, and I just remember Rob always having a lot of faith in me and, and, and starting me like I was pretty much starting every week ahead of these guys and um, so I, I knew he had a lot of confidence in me and um, yeah, I really appreciate that because um, I, I thought at the time I was just lucky to get in the team.
0: And and what about um, you know I've talked a, a few times to to different people in this podcast and and even in just generally in the soccer fraternity. But what about your parents' support in terms of you know you spent then another year in '96 um, with the Wolves Juniors as well. Mm. There's a there's a lot that goes to representative football at that junior level isn't there because yeah. it's a real the family unit needs to support you know you traveling training yeah. and, and and every second week going to sydney
1: yeah that's right and i think that year was the year that um i got involved with the laura academy of sports so um and that was like a, a stepping stone to the new south wales sides and and that would involve a lot of camps so we'd go to park and we'd yep. school holidays um We'd go up there and, and and stay for a week or so and train and and whatnot and um, yeah I think my parents would love that to be honest but uh, <laughs> but the actual travelling the training um, I guess at the time you don't appreciate it but now having kids myself and yeah. and whatnot you see the commitment and they um, um, yeah and, and and the actual time it takes and and whatnot and yeah you you, you do go back and. Think you know you wish you said a few more thank yous at the time, but uh, well, I'm
0: sure they uh, they know that. Uh, in in that 96 year you had on your timeline, um, and and if if people uh, and I apologise as the interviewer that I didn't uh, make it clear of your Croatian heritage, um, but I think it it run in the local. Local listeners would know that anyway, uh, but I apologise. But you toured Croatia with an Australian slash Croatian select team. So how did that come about, and and where where did the players come from?
1: Yeah, so I think it came about. Um, I got a phone call after that Sydney United game, um, or my dad got a phone call. Um, so obviously, um, someone spotted me playing that game, and um, and they gave me a call to see if I'd be interested, and um, it was a tour of Croatia, um, and, and it culminated in, um, in a tournament. So you're playing against like the top Croatian sides, um, like Dinamo Zagreb and Havik Split and, and whatnot. And, um, it was actually an under-19s, um, uh, tournament. So I was, um, I would have been and was the youngest by far in that side. So, but it was a big commitment from my parents. They, they had to obviously fork out a fair bit of money and, um, you know i I needed to get out of school for a, for about four or five weeks or whatever it was so um, it, it was a big commitment, but one of the best experiences of my life you know
0: and and had you been back to croatia no at at that point, so you hadn 't been back so it wasn 't just a, i guess a soccer tournament where you 're going overseas it, it had a lot of meaning to it didn 't it yeah that's and right. so I guess were your parents uh, proud at the time as well that You'd get to experience the home country.
1: Yeah, they were so. It was it was not long after the the war in Croatia. So um, um, I hadn't seen my grand grandmother since I was like five years old or something. So it'd be um, and my mum's got a really big family. Um, you know, she was one of um, six, and they. All had a lot of kids back then, so <laughs> I had like you know thirty plus cousins in Croatia. I hadn't met any of them. So that was part um, of the
0: tour was meeting some of them.
1: It, I definitely met some of them, but I, I still haven't met all my <laughs> cousins over there. But uh, yeah, sort of. Um, we we had probably a week um, in there where we could scatter off and and go see yep. family and meet family and whatnot. But it was a, it was pretty full on as well. We were sort of tour, touring the country, playing sort of some trial games or exhibition games uh, and that led to playing playing in the tournament so um but I definitely got the uh traveling bug after that and I, I couldn't wait to to get back there
0: and who were some of the the guys that you toured with if you if you can recall
1: yeah so um ivan zelig Ned Zelich's brother he yeah. was in the team um I know at one point Josip Simenich was um, was penciled into play but um I think his career was just taking off so they pulled the pin um or he pulled the pin on it. Um but they had players from all over so they had a lot of players from Canberra Deakin, Melbourne Knights, and United, so they had a lot of players um from and a couple of players from Tasmania, so from around Australia and that and um to be honest like all very very good players at the time, um, but looking back, um, I don't recall if any of them ended up making it big. Like obviously yeah. Ivan had a, had a crew in the um, NSL. Yossi obviously went and done great things, but yeah, he, he never toured. But um, I think they had a lot of good players that that um, that did well in their you know in the national leagues or, or whatnot. But um, I, I don't recall any of them going. On to make uh, big moves overseas or anything like that, and and when
0: you you sort of come back into that '97 season, mm. um, you know when you look at the timeline, if someone was didn't really know what was going on, they'd say, "Well, you're in a NSL setup, at a junior setup, and then you go to Lysarts." Mm. Can you explain to the listener how that came about and and um, why you made that move?
1: Yeah, so um, playing so playing. Um the Wolves under 16s was a, a win, um, I think it was summer comp. So they, I think uh, from memory it was a gap in the season so yep. it was just that uh, being young, you know, being hungry, just wanted to play. So I, I was sort of playing all year round um, and, and Lysart's um, I remember Casey the Brewer, like Victor left our Wolves team um, after the under 15 season. I remember yep. Casey the Bruyne uh, talked him into going to Lysart's and he actually tried to convince me to go over as well. Um, but I think Victor had been in that wolf setup for a long time. I was new yep. to it. There's no way I was leaving the wolf <laughs> setup. You know, I was loving life too much. So, uh, But I think, um, you know, I really liked what Casey had to say and I remember going to watch. They had a great side um, and I was keen to, to be involved in that setup at, at some point. So... Um, it was that season that I signed up. I played um, mostly youth grade yep. and um, a few cameos in reserve grade and, and first grade off the bench. But um, yeah, it was it was great life. Because it was a grade. pretty,
0: uh, it was an extremely good year. I don't know about the uh, the lower grades, but yeah. they won the league in first grade and won the grand final, and, yeah. and you were sort of part of that vibe. So yeah. um, I guess in the space of um, you know three years, you yeah. you started playing sort of. NSL junior representative stuff. Yep. You toured Croatia and yep. and now you're winning the local league or part of the squad yeah. on the fringes with Lysarts. Yeah,
1: and look, we had a. The, the youth team was really good as well. Like Chad Bishop was playing. Um, you know, we had guys like Ryan Carr. Um, Anthony Matthews at the time was, was playing, I think. Um, you know, a number of um, excellent players in that side. Um, I can't remember if we were minor premiers. I don't think we made the grand final that year, but we had a pretty good side. Reserve grade at Lystarts were always um, challenging, yep. um, and and once again first grade were. I remember just going training with them and just remembering how fast and crisp and the sessions were really great. And um, a step up, to be honest, like when you start training with men, you sort of you know about it, you know. So um, and, and mate, their training sessions were, were unbelievable. Um, and there's no wonder they they won their, their title. So do you remember
0: some of those first graders that you might have learned a few bits and pieces of, apart from yeah. uh, working with Casey, you know, the likes of Mike Holyfield and and yeah. uh, Phil Matthias and, and whatnot?
1: Yeah, so, mate, they, they were all... Like, I just remember looking at a team and thinking, well, what a side, you know. From everywhere across the park, they had solid players. Like you mentioned, Mick Holyfield, mate. I just remember... Him ping balls from all yeah, over the place. His park. left peg
0: was yeah. uh, <laughs> quality.
1: And Steve Krishna, wow, what a player he was, you know. And he's still um, fit as a fiddle, that bloke. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was—he was—he um, was a guy that I remember going to training and 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 looking up to, you know. I thought yep. he was a fantastic player. You know, Anthony Guido was, at that time was scoring goals for fun. Um, you know they had a, they just had quality everywhere. Jasper Spencer was quality, you know.
0: So on on the on the face of it, you'd look at it as a timeline, and you go, "Geez, that doesn't look like the right move." But it was the right move in terms of the coach yeah. and the players, and you were learning w- learning a great deal.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, and at, um, and like I said, it was just a different step up to training intensity. Um, mm. Like the Wolves Juniors were were good, but. Uh, you know, you think your training sessions are good, but when you start sort of training with the first team um, in the Premier League, I think it's a definitely a big step up.
0: And and what about Casey? Uh, I've talked to Victor, obviously, yeah. um, and and he said uh, you know positive things about the passion that he that Casey brought. But what did you like about Casey's coaching?
1: Mate, I tell you, Casey was probably the first coach. Um, that I had that would really focus in on the technical uh, aspect of the game. So, you know, all my juniors, I was sort of, um, you know, we had fun, but I wouldn't say it was proper technical <laughs> training. It was all off-the-cuff stuff and um, and whatnot. And then went to the to Wolf juniors, and once again, training was fantastic, but we didn't really, Rob was good with the strikers, but when it came to, um, you know, tactical play and setting up the, the whole formations team. and that. Um, he didn't drill into that as much as Casey. And Casey, um, we used to do um, double sessions at Parkley with him. You know, we we'd actually stay at Parkley um, for six hours um, in pre-season just working on. Tech. And and I wasn't used to that stuff, but I just thought, wow, like if you want to become a, a professional footballer, this is the stuff. you've Got a taste to do.
0: Hobby. And in um, terms of. Um... So I guess concurrently you were with Lysarts, sort of that winter season and the Wolves the previous season, but then there was this New South Wales Institute as well. So that was going along at the same time, wasn't it? And that was with Casey?
1: Yeah, that's right. So that was, um, once again, a summer comp. Like we'd play against um, the Wolves youth team and Sydney United's and the Olympics of the world. So, um, and I sort of, I got asked to... um, to oh, It wasn't tryouts. I think you just get invited to yep. to play in the squad. But um, I think the squad at the time was maybe 25 players, and then they sort of cut that down to a squad, a squad of 18 eventually. So, um, so yeah, I was stoked to be invited to that because um, the setup at Park Lee was unreal. They had you know Casey coaching, and I knew that was going to be a good stepping stone for me. Um, and Quite lucky because the travel from Wollongong to Sydney three times a week. Yeah, it's a big ass. So, um, you know, at the start of it, like we had, you know, Chad Bishop and Joel Quinn coming up with us as well, and, and Victor obviously, and and, um, and yeah, it was just it was so full car, on. carpooling
0: with well, one of the parents. And
1: yeah, that's right. So it was. Um, I just remember it, it was a tough, tough year though because. You'd sort of get home from training at you know ten o'clock at night, and then you have to go to school the next day. And, <laughs> um, but I loved it; it was a great experience.
0: And so you then um, you did that in '97, '98, and then um, in the winter season of '98, um, you got to South Coast United. And yeah. um, you know you'd played with men at Lysarts but now you're back to a club where. You know, there's some heritage there on, on your family side, but as well as that, you'd watched as a kid. So what did that mean to you, that sort of first year at, at South Coast?
1: Yeah, that um, I, I was sort of a bit torn. Um, you know, I, I sort of wanted to go back to, to Lysarts at the time, um, but obviously I um, had a lot of people um, in my ear trying to get me over to, to South Coast. And, um, um, you know, one of my best mates, um, Zach Banovic, you know, sort of helped me, um, or convinced me to, to to go over, and it was just, I think it was a eight game or ten game stint, stint before I had to go back to the Wolves, and I remember uh, at the time I was in year 12, and uh, I was trying to um, find a way to get to schoolies uh, week at the end of the year, and South Coast um, offered to... to and uh, i pay me some money, and I knew that would get me to school this week, so I said, yep, I'm in, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and and was that in the uh, uh, old conference or first division? Yeah, it was first division, yeah. So how did you find that, sort of, you played Premier League with yeah. the best team, yeah. and then you're you back in the division below, um, was it another sort of learning curve for you where it was a different sort of type of football?
1: Yeah, it was totally different. So we were probably languishing near the bottom of of first division. So um, it was was different. Like training wasn't as intense. Um, You know, the quality of players weren't as good. But in saying that, I had some real talented players in that team as well. It's just probably not... uh, um, Enough to to make a push for the semis at the time. And
0: so, who was coaching at that point in time? Do you I recall?
1: Broad Croydon. So, okay. Broad was coaching, and he's actually the coach that uh, didn't pick me for the under eleven Zillaroa side. So, <laughs> I let him know about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Broderd had had um, some very stints and it had played at South Coast as well. So you had a connection there. Yeah. So uh, you then um, spent another two seasons in the, the Wolves. Uh, I think it was like the under-19s, was yep. it? Correct, yeah. And so um, at this point in time, um, you're still playing up front. Um, how did you think your football was going and, and who was coaching?
1: Yeah, so um, Stuart Beatty was coaching um, the youth team, um, great guy great coach um, you know he, he's sort of philosophy of training was to uh, have a shorter training session but a very intense session and um, you know that he, he put on some great sessions we had a great squad we made the final that year again um, the biggest challenge um, for me at that time um, was we had um, the first graders, so I think three or four first graders would drop into the youth team okay. every year so, um, or every week and and those players dropped were usually strikers. <laughs> so I'd be pushed out to um, right wing back yep. and I, I don't know if you remember how big Brendan Park was. Yeah, it was a, it was it was a, a massive big, big round. And it wasn't really my game, you know, like <laughs> sort of getting back and defending and getting up the line. But... I remember scoring a, a few goals that year, and um, when I did get a chance to play up front, um, but I think um, even Stewie would probably admit he, he, he was sort of his hands were tied. He'd have to yeah. play, um, do the club thing. Do and the club thing. But, um, but we had a fantastic year that year, made the grand final. We lost to the AIS in the grand final. So once again, had some really talented players in that, in that side. And um, you know, you, you sort of think, you know, the Chad Bishops of the world and, and whatnot. How they didn't sort of go on and, and do yep. bigger things I'll never know. You know, Paul Reed did do bigger things, you know, yep. he went overseas and he was a great player. And um, you know, just we had a solid team across the park, you know, it was it was and it was a really fun year that year. So uh,
0: at that um end of that ninety nine, two thousand um Wolves season, um you then uh, finished your time there. Was it just a case of that there's limited amount of positions um, in that sort of striking sort of area and that, you know, you were probably third, fourth, fifth down the list and and it would have been harder to make it?
1: Yeah, so the second year... So the first year, I pretty much... Um, I remember starting a lot of the games and I scored a few goals and um, and I remember... Um, scoring a few crucial goals a few um, a few sort of you know one nil victories and um, I remember scoring you know in the semis I remember scoring against Sydney United again at Brendan Park and um, Phil Murphy at the time actually said that was um, um, it was one of the best individual goals he's ever seen at Brendan Park. So that was a nice little plug. So from. can you
0: describe that goal and sort of where you were on the pitch and how it
1: came about? Yeah, like I said, I was always a bit of a hog. So I <laughs> I, I got the ball um, from halfway and I just uh, I just remember beating the first player, beating the second player and I go, jeez, I'm making some interest." So I just kept on going and I, I would have bet, uh, beat six or seven players and I just rounded the keeper and scored. And... Um, yeah, and after that game, Nick Theo actually came to speak to me and he, and he got... um. Who was the first, was first, the first grade coach? Yeah, and he got me to train with the first team, so yeah. he invited me to train with the first team. So uh, my memories w- w- with that were, were fantastic and I was actually training five days a week at the time, so um, I was training with the youth team and the days off from the youth team I was training with the first team um, and it was pretty much every day, so the first team will train um, three days a week and... Um, yeah, just training with you know the Scott Chipperfield of the Worlds, you know Matt Horsley and yep. you know Stuart Young, the Stash Who's who. oh, of that fantastic. era. Yeah, it was really it was really good, and um, um, you know we we had um, a couple of youth guys training with us as well, so um, you know had uh, some familiar faces that you could talk to. But the first team were really really good. You know they were yeah. welcoming, um, and. They were pretty funny, like guys like Sash Dymovski, and and they're just hilarious, you know. So um, it, it was a real eye opener, but um, something I enjoyed.
0: So did you, when you moved on from the Wolves at the yeah. end of that season, did you think were you slightly disappointed in a way that you didn't sort nah. of see see it on, or you're quite content with what you'd put put in?
1: Yeah, that first season I was really happy with. Um, it was the second season that sort of I I got to pre season a little bit overweight. You know, I think um that was the first um off season that I didn't play anywhere. I just wanted yep. to have a bit of a rest. Yep. It's probably a bit of a mistake. I um, enjoyed myself a little bit too much and um <laughs> uh, you know, I come to pre season a bit out of shape. I didn't do any training on my own and um I remember in pre season getting shin splints. and um and so I missed most of the preseason so I started that season not great, and then when I did finally get a get a little bit fit and an opportunity to play, I was playing, you know, wing back and yep. and once again that's that's not my game, you know. I um I haven't got the you know I, I like sort of playing up front where you can you know in short spurts you can yep. you know have a Impact. run and, and, and and have a bit of a rest, you know, just running up and down that line all day long wasn't my game. So, uh, yeah, that second year I struggled um, with position, like the position I was playing with, fitness, like I, I just never really got into a, a good rhythm that year.
0: So you then moved on to to Kembalwarra, and and how did that come about, and, and who got in contact with you?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, the committee at Kembalwarra sort of were was sort of asking asking me if I was interested in playing and I kept on saying, No, no thanks but um
0: 'cause there would have been a few clubs,
1: you know, inquiring about you. Yeah, that's right. But then Kimber War sort of I was finished um I was finishing up high school and, and they offered me an apprenticeship, a carpentry uh, apprenticeship if I'd sign off oh, wow. with them to play and um and then um, you know, I was talking to my old man about it. He goes, Just do it, you know, we have been yep. to lose and then I remember I was at um, Wave's Nightclub, and Dave Cooter uh, come up to me, <laughs> and he was playing at Kimberra at the time, and we were having a few drinks, and, uh, and uh, I didn't really know Dave I knew off him, but I didn't yep. really know him uh, personally at that point, and then we were just having a chat, and, and I think, yeah, he sort of convinced me as well to, to come over. And then um, yeah, so I decided to, to go to. And played there for, for two years.
0: And so, um, people that are outside the area, um, the 60 to 140 people that listen to the podcast, they're, they're a Portuguese club. So, so, how did you uh, find that?
1: Yeah, I, I loved it. You know, it was such a social club. Um, once again, great team. It was really the who's who of the Laura Premier League. They put a side together that really wanted to, to push for a title. Um, You know, we had, you know, Frank Brilla, David Kuda, you know, Tony Sekulowski, Paul Gaffney. We had Joe Coelho, Frank Okazola. Like, it was really um, Steve Bat. It was a great side. Um, And all good blokes, you know. It was great to uh, have a drink with them. After the game, we'd go to the Portuguese club and, um, yeah, a couple of... Us young fellows would obviously kick on afterwards, but <laughs> um, yeah, socially it was a, a fantastic club.
0: And and who was coaching at the time? John Fleming. So um, how did how did you find John as a coach?
1: Yeah, loved him. He was um he was a great motivator, and he always had a lot of time for me. So um, yeah, really. And I was pretty young at the time. Like when, when you're young and you you sort of step into a side like Kembla Or for yep. um, some established players, it was always gonna. Um, be a little bit tough to, to break into that first team, but John always had a lot of confidence in me and, um, and I did have a few cameos off the bench because um, Joe Coelho and Franco Cazali were ahead of me up front <laughs> and it's pretty tough to uh, knock them off, you know. Um, but, you know, had a couple of injuries and whatnot, so I got my opportunity to play and, yeah, I loved it. And did you just play semi finals in those years, or yeah, we played um the first year we played i think bulleye knocked us out in the semis yep um it was a pretty close game, bulleye were pretty good back then as well, but um, um yeah it was yeah it was, it was a very close game i think we we could have actually won that one um we should have scored a goal or two, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're unlucky and and what about um you know,
0: uh, in terms of funny uh, times there, um, is there anything that comes to mind uh, on the pitch or or in training where, because uh, you said there's a great bunch of bikes, anything that you can recall there?
1: I just remember some of the guys at training, I couldn't believe how seriously they took it. They wanted to um, kill each other, you know, and, um, um, and then they'd be best mates at the pub afterwards. So <laughs> um, it sort of surprised me how intense training was, you know, yep. and, um, you've got guys like Paul Gaffney always stirring the pot there, you know, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, that, that's the thing that probably surprised me the most, how seriously they take training.
0: And what about, uh, the carpentry, um, apprenticeship, yeah. uh, did that eventuate and, and how did that end up?
1: Mate, I, I can't believe I actually agreed to it, because I think I failed, uh, year 10 woodwork at school, so what <laughs> made me think I'll be a good carpenter, I'll never know, but, uh. Um, yeah, with the Portuguese guys, it was it wasn't really it was more form work and and concreting. So yep. um, um, being young and naive, I, I sort of had no idea what what that would involve, and I learned pretty quickly. This isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I stuck in, stuck um, in there for about a year, and then yeah, I, I decided to, to move on. And and you
0: moved on um, back to South Coast United. Um, uh, how did that happen, and, and who was coaching at the time?
1: Um, so how did that happen? I yeah, I always wanted to go back to South Coast, yep. but I wasn't in, in the first division. Um, so I still wanted to play Premier League, and at the time, you know, the Premier League or Canberra, they're paying some really good good money, you know. Yep. So it's sort of, um, as a young kid, you know, not having a huge income, work wise, the soccer money would come in handy so it was always um always wanted to the strings would follow me to the south coast but um the purse uh, strings would yeah that's right so eventually um it once again zeki and and, and a couple of other good mates at the time were uh, sort of convinced me to come back In and um, yeah and then and then i i sort of when i did come back oh, i didn't regret, regret it at all i um uh, I sort of made it a, a challenge of, of mine to, to help them get back to the Premier League where they belong, you know.
0: And so, uh, before we talk about, you know, uh, I think there was about 11 seasons there. Yeah. Oh, w- were there any serious offers from other clubs in between Kembo and South Coast um, yeah. that came in for you and you thought, yeah, maybe?
1: Yeah, so like every season you'd get people approach you and, yep. and you know, and whatnot. But I think if I was to... I would have just stayed at Kemblerwara, you know. It was either yeah. Kemblerwara or South Coast. Um, I always had a soft spot for for Lysarts as well, yep. um, but yeah, I think I think South Coast um, is where I really wanted to go. And 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 Ted Balik, who, who's been involved in the club since day one, I remember having a good chat with him about it, and and really saying, look, let's let's do this. Let's make a good crack at it. Let's try and get back in the Premier League. And I was excited about. Been part of that and trying to make it happen.
0: So, uh, so two thousand and one season, you with back at South Coast United in the first division. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many seasons did it take to to get back into Premier League? Yeah, look, it
1: took a few. It took a few. We didn't have any any money, unfortunately, um, yep. back then. So it was hard to to attract players. So um, I remember. Um, me and, and Zeki were trying to take a leaf out of David Cooter's book and recruiting players and nightclubs and things <laughs> like that. So uh, yeah, it was it was fun times. But we'd always struggle um, to, to sort of convince players to come playing, like, from from the yep. Premier League. Um, but eventually we, I convinced um, Hugo and Michael Degori to yep. come across, um, Dario Conti, a couple of close mates of mine, Um, And and all of a sudden, um, Joel Quinn actually was there as well, but he he had two knee reconstructions, so he was getting back into it. So um, it was, and we had some really good Croatian players um, at the time. We had like the Butkovic brothers, you know, Tommy was an absolute gun, you know, he'd scored 20, 30 goals a year and... Uh, Steve Symbolic, he was just a, a giant at the back. You probably remember him from Yeah, Bali. no,
0: he, he lived uh, five houses down yeah. from me, so...
1: Yeah, mate, he was an absolute machine. Everyone was scared of him, you know. He was just um, a, a great player. And I could and, tell uh, you
0: a story about him at Bally at a half-time, but it, it wouldn't be fair to Steve or, 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 or myself, <laughs> Yeah, <you know?
1: laughs> Yeah, but, mate, it was like we had some really good players in that side. Um, and and eventually, when, when we sort of... Um, we got the Degori brothers and Dario and Joel and, um, you know, with, with the likes of the Bukovic brothers, Steve and Zeki, and that we, we all of a sudden had a, had a decent side, you know. So um, that's when we started to um, really start making some inroads. I can't remember if it was the second year. Um, yeah, it was actually the second year um, after they come along. We recruited Andrew Thompson from Marilla. Yep. Um, he was just like a yeah, quality player, just centre midfield just so sure on the ball and he helped stabilise that midfield um, we signed Oli Sokolovsky up front from um, Kembalwarra so um, Oli and I were playing up front there at Kembalwarra for a little while so I can't remember how I convinced him to come but um, <laughs> he came and he sort of gave us a, a different dimension up front, you know he scored a bag full of goals that year as well um, and, and we won the minor premiership that year. And so it was
0: 2002 or 2003 I or
1: around, around then? Yeah, around then,
0: yeah. And and who was coaching in those early years when you went back there?
1: So the early years, I think it was um, David Skeen. Yep. So you probably remember him. He was a, um, a National League player, played for South Coast himself. Yep. Um, so he was, he was coaching there for a couple of years.
0: So what were your memories of... Uh, David as a as a coach.
1: Yeah, David was was great. Like um, you know, you could tell he was a quality player. Um, I remember I feel bad about it now that, um we butted heads one or two times <laughs> at, at, at training, but um um but yeah, no, he was he was great. Like you could see he was a quality player and um um he, he sort of yeah, it was enjoyable training sessions were great and it was started to. You could feel that the club was starting to turn around. Yep. You could feel like we, we were languishing at the bottom of the first division, we were creeping up the table. We started to make the semi-finals a few times, but we just needed that um, one or two extra players to to have that final push.
0: And so, who who, who coached after after David then?
1: My dad. I think they had a number of coaches that come and went. Like we mm. didn't have anyone for for. A, huge stint um and then georgia larkon
0: is, that, is he the man that got you up into yeah. Premier League? yeah yeah
1: and um mate, he was one of my favorite coaches you know he was just uh such a gentleman um he had total you know faith in me as well and um you know that year he put together a really strong squad and we all knew that we could challenge um we weren't the favorites i had sort of dandalu and some other teams that were you know really spending good so some that. money as yeah. well but um, you know I think George just um, helped make it enjoyable um, sessions were were great people look forward to going training and, um, and that always helps and we, we put together a a team, you know, full of mates and, you know, we socially it would be fantastic. So we'd all go out together and have a So where
0: where does South Coast drink in in that period in terms of their uh, watering hole?
1: Yeah, like we'd mix it up a little bit. So um, we had some sponsors. We had Victory Hotel, um, Unidero Hotel, but I don't know, sponsorships sort of um, come and went for South Coast. (laughs) So um, we'd end up sort of just meeting up at the North Gong or or, you know, yep. the brewery or, or wherever for a few drinks. So, um, yeah, we'd sort of mix it up a bit. And, and when you
0: um, uh, went into Premier League, um, uh, what was the, the feeling at the club? Like you said, it had been several years before you were back in there. Yeah. It must have been a great feeling around the club. Um, and like you said, because you were mates and there was a core group there, it must have been a special feeling and, and a great period of time there.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a real buzz around the club at the time. Um and I don't know how we we jagged it, but um in our first year in the Premier League, we we got Miele Yednak to sign up for us, <laughs> so, which is, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. It, unbelievable. So he had a season with us and um you know, Michael Sandler that was his first year at the club as well and he was um coming back from a stint overseas. and
0: So we're talking know, two very
1: big names. Yeah, yeah, Rendam. And then we had sort of um, Ante Dua, who was a first-grade Sydney United player, sign up with us. He, um, Michael and Ante were, were very good friends, so yep. I think Michael convinced um, Ante to come on board. And then we had um, uh, uh, two other Sydney United juniors, um, Daniel Gorlats and Pave Chorak, come over as well and then all of a sudden you're looking at the squad you're going wow you know what a side that is a sizable lineup." yeah so um, yeah we had a good crack that year and um just unfortunately how that season ended you know we just had injuries at, at the wrong time so I think myself Michael and um and Miele were all injured at the same time and then we all our first game back um was, was in the semi-finals so, so we all missed sort of two or three games leading up to the semi and we played Picton at Coniston and, um, yeah, they beat us, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, looking back at that side, I just think, oh, how, how didn't Could we? Could have done more. Yeah.
0: And, and George was still coaching at that point in time? Yeah.
1: And then, yeah, so George coached us for two years in a row and, um, and then Michael Sandlab took over as a player coach after that.
0: So we'll talk more about Michael in a minute, but what about um uh, Millay in terms of, you know, could you see at that point in time um, that, you know, he he had the, the capabilities to play at a higher level?
1: Mate, I... Yeah, he was just the absolute gun at the time. Like, he was just... And he was just a top bloke. Like, he'd... I remember, you know, his first time we all met him. Like, I, I'd met him previously at... Because I had tryouts um, at Sydney United. Um, he was in the first team at the time with Michael and that. So I'd met him back okay. then, Um But I just remember him going around to all the young guys and introducing himself. Like he was playing Sydney United, um, but he wasn't a big name player. But he was always very humble. It was the first one at training, train the house down, um, and even like socially, he'd always if if, um, you know we'd we'd have an event, he'd always you know come from Sydney and make sure he'd attend, and um, just good guy. And it's funny the supporters um, at South Coast at the time. Uh, were giving it to him a little bit, you know, because, um, you know, they were expecting him to come and score 30 goals. He's obviously not that type of player. He's always got a couple of goals in him, but uh, uh, but all, all us players knew, knew the quality.
0: And and in terms of, um, you know, that season, you know, did it feel uh, satisfying um, for yourself that, you know, uh, I guess personally and from a footballing perspective you probably sacrifice some time that you could have been in Premier League at the or other clubs. So did it feel satisfying from your perspective that you'd help a, a club that meant so much to you get back to where it should be and, and plus your back playing where you wanted to be?
1: Yeah, mate, it, it, was. it was. It was an unbelievable feeling and as you know, like when you're winning, soccer is so much more fun, <laughs> you know, so... Um, you know, we're winning games. We finally got back into the Premier League, you know. We, we played a grand final the year before. Socially, it was fantastic. Um, the club was just, you know, buzzing. And, um, mate, for me, it was probably um, the two favourite years I've had at South Coast, you know. And in terms of, was it the next year that you won uh, Player of the Year
0: or, or when was that?
1: No, so it was. Um, so I won, was it that year? I won player of the year two years in a row. So I won the um, player of the year in when we in the first in, division. in the first division, and then f- the first year in Premier League, I, I won the player of the year as well. So, um, how do
0: you, um, knowing you slightly as I do, uh, uh, you'd probably see it as more of a, a team accolade, and that that yeah. contribution from everyone got you those those yeah. awards.
1: Um, yeah, look, oh, once again, I, I think. Strikers, if you score a few goals, you always sort of get noticed. And, um, um, you know, we had a, a quality side and it, it sort of, you think, uh, and they had some quality players in that competition back then because all the state league players would come back and yep. and whatnot. So, um, you know, I was probably a bit lucky to, to, to win it that year, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think strikers always, if they score a few goals, get the points, you know, on the weekend. So... <laughs> What about,
0: um, you spoke a few minutes before about um, a couple of trials at at Sydney United. Yeah. So um, what were your thoughts when that happened? You thought, geez, I'm going to jump at this chance and give it a crack or...?
1: Oh, not really because I think South Coast um, had a couple of... Like, they have a close connection with Sydney United. So South Coast has sort of been trying to convince me to go up for a little while, and yeah. um, I sort of just always brushed it off, brushed it off, and then, um, and then one year I said, you know what? Why not? I'll, I'll give it a crack. And it all sounded good at the time, but yep. I was working full time in, in Sydney yep. in the CBD, um, and then training for Sydney Nighter was at Adenza at Park. Yep. So I'd have to go into the city, do a full day's work, jump on the train, go out out west. Yep. And I was quite lucky at the time. Uh, Michael and Brendan Sandler were playing there, so I jagger left home with <laughs> them. Um, but it was just a massive day. And um, um, so I, tra- I trained there for two weeks. Uh, Branco Kalina was, was coaching at the time. Um, and he actually quit or got sacked during my <laughs> trial. Um, and, I, look, when I was training there, like, they had a a pretty pretty good side but you know I, I saw, like I trained scoring a few goals I thought I you know I was holding my own but I just knew deep down like I couldn't quit commit work to 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 play NSL and and look I was an okay player like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have sort of got a big career out of out of soccer I wouldn't have and you had I had to pretty, think of your future yeah I had a pretty good job at the time I had a mortgage so I just couldn't I just didn't want to um, yep. just give all that up. Um, and at the time now in a cell, I think minimum wage was like 23 grand. Yeah, you <laughs> can't really live up 23 grand, you know? Definitely not. Um, so, yeah, I sort of um, packed it in and said, mate, this isn't for me.
0: So you spent, um, uh, like Michael Santelab came on as, as coach at South Coast yeah. after George had a couple of years there. Um, how did you find Michael as a coach? Um coming from being a player and he did play coach as well
1: yeah so Michael's good he was like different to George like a little bit more technical Uh, it was tough for him because the first year he sort of started coaching we lost the the likes of Mila Edinak, Ante Joa um, you know Daniel Bullets these Sydney United kids so it was tough for him because you know we we had really high expectations from the year before but realistically you know the side wasn't nearly half as good you know so um, it was it was a bit of a baptism on a fire for him. I, I don't recall what we came that year, but um, I think we did okay. were yep. setting the world on fire, but um, yeah, it was a bit hard. And, and once again, like at that time, the Premier League were throwing some serious cash around, and and we just couldn't compete financially with these guys. And I remember, you know, at the time they had some some players that were. Literally just reserve graders their whole career, and they're sort of coming over asking for three hundred bucks a game. You can go, "Come on, guys!" You know, (laughs) (laughs) so so Michael sort of changed the um, uh, the philosophy of the club, and it was just to promote youth. And um, so, we weren't always going to go and and um, you know buy the best players on
0: offer. And and what about yourself? I guess even those two years where you won Player of the Year, yeah. um, I've seen it happen because I've been to those sort of, um, Laura Football Association presentation nights or Football South Coast ones where you know there's some deals done uh, yeah. um, outside the toilets or yeah. whatnot. Uh, I'm sure there would have been some uh, yeah. some offers there in those two two years as well.
1: Yeah, like I said, like always had offers on the table, but um, I don't know. I just I was so invested in south coast at the time i just um yeah i just couldn't see myself leaving so um and i knew some of the offers coming were really substantial so i'd rather not listen to them you know and um (laughs) um, yes to tempt me but yeah i was really happy at south coast but yeah i certainly had some offers outside of south coast and
0: what about um off the field can you talk a bit about um you know we'll talk uh, the next couple of years of South Coast until you finish there in 2011. But what about some of the other people off the field that really mm. uh, make the club? You spoke, spoke about um, Ted before, yep. but some of the other committee and other people that are involved um, and, and sort of give them some air time about what they do for the club and what they have done.
1: Yeah, mate, that, I take my hat off to, to those guys. They're probably about five guys that run the club. And, and when I say run the club, like I remember... Um, Zdenko Longkai, you know, being the president, we, we worked together for a long time as well. So um, I just remember us training, um, you know, and Zdenko getting the lawnmower out at seven o'clock at night, on the Hill, you know, just things like that the committee would have to do was just um, outrageous. And, you know, he just from, you know, it's like track a line in the fields, getting the bread and uh, getting the canteen ready, trying to keep a, a squad of, you know, 18 or 16 players happy and and whatnot and um and always South Coast were always financially a little bit uh, stressed so yep. um obviously uh, trying to come up with enough money to pay all the players at the end of the season and whatnot it was always um it was always a challenge for him but uh, mate I I take my hat off to all that committee you know it's,
0: yep. and it's who like, are some of those guys that you you speak of.
1: Mate, Vlado Skar is now the, the president, and he and now we got the juniors there as well. So he he does um a lot for the junior teams as well. Um, you know you got the Ted Ballex of the world, Stenko Longcars, um, Eddie Longcar was president when we were in the in the Premier League at the time. Um, you know there's got um a couple of other guys like Rob Howsie was involved there for a little while, and um. Um, yeah unfortunately, there was a uh, uh, frank rosenditch was is still there actually um, evie Spanner uh, is there helping out with the juniors as well but um yeah just not enough support to be honest you know what it 's like with our ourgai i 'm sure but yeah. um, it 's always tough to get volunteers up there and 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 help out
0: so um for I guess um, was part of your drive there, where you, where you spent you know over eleven seasons there, was part of that drive was to to as a player was to to keep the club going as well. Um, you know there's you know talking here um, being audio, people can't see your face. You know there's a real sort of I guess glint in your eye, yeah. real happiness that when you yeah. speak of those times. So is that was that part of the sort of drive as well, where you could have played elsewhere, but I really love the club. Like you said, you're invested, so that was part of the reason why you you played then, not just for the love, but for the really for the club.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like like I said, financially I could have went somewhere for a lot more money. Um but I I felt like it was my club, you know, like yeah. um just invested so much time um in that club. I had some really I still have got some really good friends in that in that club and um um it was just the second year at Kembalawarra, I sort of I felt like I was going through the motions a little bit, and when I got to South Coast, it was like I was I got that passion back and yep. I and that drive back, and I had a goal. Um, and, and like I said, I had a lot of close mates there, so socially it was unreal. Um, yeah, it was just it was just happy days, you know.
0: Yep. It was really good. And. And you finished off in 2011, and and yeah. I guess in those years with Michael as well, there was yeah. some ups and downs, but yeah. always thereabouts. Um, uh, how did you find those last couple of years at South Coast?
1: Yeah, look, it sort of got a little bit frustrating in one way. Um, it, it's obviously I wanted to try and um, you know get to a grand final with South yeah. Coast, and and financially, like we just we couldn't really buy the best players, so. We'd we um, stick to to youth and whatnot, and I think one year we had a really deep run into the semis. Um, we lost to Bulli again, um, but yeah, it was always I don't know. We, we sort of were just sort of mid table teams. Sometimes yep. we were sort of um, just avoiding relegation. Then we'd have a, a a sort of crack at the semis, but we weren't sort of a, a, a force in the league. And I I really wanted to try and make that next step and try and yep. win the grand final of South Coast. But it, like I could see, it was just not going to happen. So it was a little bit um, demotivating at times, you know. And I think training was starting to get to me a little bit as well because working in Sydney, traveling yep. down, um, you know, I'd always get to training late. Like I was never the best trainer in the best of days, you know. Um, but I'd always miss, you know, the first half an hour of training, You know, I'd be sitting behind the desk all day and then driving from Sydney straight to training um, and then have a few shots at the end, and and go home. So I I sort of, um, yeah, I think, I I, I sort of wish that I could have trained properly, you know, because I feel it now, I'll tell you. um, You know, just not training properly and, you know, doing all the right things like stretching and things like that. It adds up. Uh, It adds up and probably... um, it's probably one of the reasons why um, I, I stopped playing at South Coast. I started to get too many hamstring injuries yep. and, and things like that, and um, yeah, I sort of moved on and, and went to play amateur league after that. So was that a, a hard decision in that sense,
0: or you just knew with your body and and mm-hmm. and your work and family commitments that you you needed to stop playing at that level? Yeah,
1: look, it was a really tough decision. It was a really tough decision. You know, at that point, all. A lot of my mates from South Coast went on to play amateur league and I was sort of in my ear uh, to come and join them. Um, I still loved playing on weekends. The training part I didn't love as much, you know. Um, (laughs) um, So it was was like, looking back, I probably should have stuck it out for another couple of years, you know. I probably stopped playing South Coast a couple of years too early. But um, at the same time, uh, it was really fun playing with my mates in, in amateur league.
0: Sorry to interrupt the interview, but as an interviewer, I am sometimes slack and I am learning and I apologise to you, the listener. I am interrupting because in the 2007 season, Dennis went to Wollongong Wolves on loan from South Coast United and he also toured Croatia with Canberra Deakin. So I went back to him via email and this is what Dennis wrote about those two stints. The 2007 Wolves stint was a bit of a non-event for me. It was always going to be a difficult task juggling work commitments in Sydney and training three times a week in Wollongong. I was only planning to play half the season in any case as I had plans to travel to Europe for six months during the season so South Coast United agreed to let me go out on loan. Unfortunately... I injured my shoulder during a preseason game against Sydney Olympic, ruling me out for the first six weeks of the season. So I decided to go back to South Coast as I wanted to get a few games under my belt before going to Europe. In regards to the Canberra Deakin experience, Dennis states, While I was travelling in Europe, the coach from Canberra Deacon found out I was in Croatia, and he got in touch with me. The coach asked, if I was interested in touring Croatia with them. I jumped at the chance and met up with my new teammates in Biograd. We toured Croatia for a month playing exhibition games in different towns in the lead up to the major tournament in Zagreb. Croatian teams throughout Europe, Canada and America were represented at this tournament. We exceeded expectations in the tournament and made it all the way to the final. I managed to score a couple of goals along the way including a double and the game winner in the semi-final. Finally, um, Dennis would also like to acknowledge that he's extremely proud of winning Player of the Year honours in the Premier League, Conference League and Amateur League. Because you did go to uh, um, first uh, Northern FC and then um, you also then went to um, Port Pumas and and two very uh, well-known clubs in the Amateur League. So uh, that playing with mates again, that, that sort of reinvigorate you? Um, as well,
1: yeah. Well, it did. Like, um, so one of my best uh, mates, Joel Quinn. You know, he he went to Norman FC and Hugo DeGori, um, another really close mate of mine, um, joined him and, and you know, I used to go and watch him um, on the weekends and stuff. And um, yeah, I sort of thought, you know, I wouldn't mind having a a kick with these guys, but I was torn because I still wanted the Premier League. But then I said one year stuff that I'll, I'll I'm getting married this year, so if I was going away, yep. um, I was going to miss a chunk of the season because I was going to be um, away on my honeymoon. So I thought, you know, perfect season to have a kick with those guys, you know.
0: So you enjoyed your time at, at both clubs because Paul Kemble Pumas, especially, are you yeah. know a well known club in the area of being great socially and yep. and just a well run club.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe how well run Pumas were. You know, um, my brother in law um, was heavily involved with the pumas at the time and um Orlando um Chiodo as well, he sort of um was in my ear as well to come over. So between those two guys I said, you know what, I'll <laughs> I'll give Porter a, a crack. But uh as soon as I got there I couldn't believe how how well run that amateur league club was. It was run better than most Premier League clubs <laughs> I, I reckon. You know, the presentation nights, uh, you know, they'd get a couple of hundred people at the frat and you know they'd put on a show and a nice feed, and you know it was it was a great club to play for.
0: And and before we talk about um you know uh, being involved now with the kids and 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 they're playing at South Coast United, I just wanted to touch on. Um you know, being at South Coast United and, and I spoke to Michael about this as well, yeah. it has a, a sort of added benefit that there's a Croatian clubs tournament as well. Yeah. Can you speak a bit about that and, and sort of what it means yeah. um, in terms of the football? Because I, I when I spoke to him about it and I've heard about it in the past, um, blokes like that I used to play with Peter Luke, who you'd know as well, it seems just fascinating and just great that there's sort of a... A sort of sub-tournament at the end of a year or pre-season where you're meeting up with like-minded people and a bit of fun and, and a bit of rivalry as well
1: yeah mate it's um it's so much fun it is so much fun like you you it's the long weekend um of october so every year it's um it's at the same time different location so um you know it's it's i think it's in melbourne this year but um you know, it's it's just great, mate. You have a you have a couple of games of soccer at night. There's always, um, you know, um, a night but they organise a few. Um, I think they got Miss Croatia or they got a a, a ball or something yep. on. But if you don't want to go to that, you've got you know 45 Croatian soccer teams. You just go out and <laughs> meet up with um, you know, and you make some really good friends over the years from you know people from different states and things like that because it's the same clubs going yeah. every year. But it's um it's a really really good tournament, um you know you play against the likes of Sydney United, Melbourne Knights, Canberra Deacon. um you know, uh, I can't believe um how big it's gotten to be honest. Yep. In the early days, um, it was it was always a bit tricky for South Coast to go because sometimes um, um you know if we were to make the semis or the grand final, it could overlap. Yep. Um so we um you know, during those times, we'd sort of um, sometimes, or we couldn't get enough players, but um, to join the team. So our team wasn't our strongest team. Sometimes yep. we'd have a reserve graders or whatnot. So, but it wasn't about trying to win. It was about you know mingling and yep. having a drink and socialising for all these other great clubs.
0: And and what about um, when we talk about your kids now? Um, you know, they're playing at South Cash United, so um clearly it, it would make you very happy yeah. that that that's the case that some of what you've got out of the game in terms of um the club and and your love for it that they they're sort of experiencing as well
1: yeah it's 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 fantastic like I, I just love i'm coaching both my boys so luca plays in the under 6s and marco plays in the under under 7s and um you know i've got Kids in my team that, um, you know, Eddie Longcar's kids play in my teams, you know, his daughter Kenzie plays in the under sevens and Eddie was the president of the South Coast Women Premier League. Uh, Dane, his other son plays in my under six team, you know, Joey Butwood, another, um, you know, player I used to play with in first division, his kid plays in my under six team and it's just great to to see um, everybody, you know, when you rock up the South Coast and see all these familiar faces that used to play with and seeing all their kids sort of now getting into it yeah, I love it I think it's um it's it's so much fun
0: well uh, I think um, on that um, beautiful note um, we'll call it a day like I said I'm extremely uh, respectful and appreciative of yourself, Dennis and, and your wife letting me into your home on a on a Sunday morning and um, taking up your time and um, I've really enjoyed speaking with you um, like I said some of I guess my memories of watching you were just taking blokes on and, um, and and dribbling its pace, and um, I was always in awe when I watched you. So it was, it was always good to to get you on board. So uh, thank you very much for your time; greatly appreciated.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Cheers. it.
0: I immensely enjoyed this interview and i sincerely appreciate dennis and his wife for allowing me into their home for a couple of hours on a sunday morning i'm your host travis goodbye for now